Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Extra Crispy Podcast. It's episode two, baby. Episode two, okay? We got through episode one. I took a little time to get to episode two. Um, We've had some things happen since episode one, right? Some pretty big things. Uh, Of course, the biggest thing is probably the the presidential election uh, becoming... The 46th president of the United States, Joe Biden. It was looking a little uh, dicey there for a second. Not knowing which president would uh, be elected. And uh, still, it seems like people are trying to, I guess, redo the count. Um, Claims of voter fraud and stuff like that you see in the media from... The losing side of the election. Um, and I guess we'll see how that goes. I mean, Biden is supposed to be sworn into office on uh, January 20th of 2021. Getting past the 2020 year going into 2021, which hopefully is a lot more promising than 2020 has been. <clears throat> Obviously, COVID-19 uh the death of Kobe Bryant the loss of jobs um the issue with the current president in in half the country of the United States you know the other half they love him like a god or something um and so hopefully 2021 starts off with a positive bang uh with uh the 46th president um Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, the first female vice president. Now, getting into episode two of the Extra Crazy Podcast, you know, um, this is something I wanted to touch on last episode, but I totally forgot. And honestly, I feel like a big part of what helped Joe Biden win the election or be associated with a with a a strong character that would help him win the election is the fact that he's tied to Barack Obama, right? And Barack Obama to me, I mean, I know that maybe with his presidency he could have did more for the black community and 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 you know, the minority community and police reform, prison reform, and education reform and stuff like that. But at the same time, at the least, at least he was a black president who carried himself in a way that black children could look up to when it comes to ethics and and just a, a role model. You know, when I was a kid, there never had been a black president in 200 years. And to me, when I was a child... I never believed that there was a black president, that, that there ever would be a black president. I never believed that I can be president myself. I looked through the history books, and at the back of the history book was all the presidents. And I looked back there, and I was about seven or eight years old, maybe when I first really started to understand race and and uh, race relations and stuff like that. And I looked at it, and I was like, okay, all these presidents are white. None of these presidents look, look like my dad. None of these presidents look, look like me. <laughs> There's no way of me becoming president. 
So I decided instead of becoming president, I would try to pursue to become Michael Jackson. But then I didn't. But then I realized I can't be Michael Jackson because I don't want to become white. Although I don't think Michael Jackson became white on purpose. But that's what happened. Now, back to the topic at hand with the uh, election and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Barack Obama uh, being affiliated with Joe Biden. Most likely giving Joe Biden the... And I, I mean, people don't give so much credit to Barack Obama. You know, they always want to take, a, they always want to take the credit from the black man. All right. Now, I believe his affiliation with Barack Obama helped propel him to have the momentum to defeat Donald Trump because let's not lie here right Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton because people didn't have trust in Hillary Clinton on the whole on the on in all of the country who subscribed to being a Democrat you know um if you were a Democrat didn't necessarily meant that you sided with Hillary Clinton, you know, and, and people who were Trump supporters, they all supported Trump, you know, um, I know that there's some Republicans that probably didn't vote for Trump, but if you were a supporter, it was like, it was like being, it was like a religion, you know, uh, uh, riding with Trump's team was like your, your cult, you know, and they came out in droves the first time and, and you knew that they were going to come out even harder the second time. You know, so it took a it took it took a certain character to defeat Trump. I mean, I think Barry Sanders could have beat Trump, but, you know, he wasn't going to get that Democratic nod because, you know, at the end of the day, all these politicians are just pretty corrupt on both sides. And I think Barry, I mean, uh, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> Barry Sanders, <laughs> the running back. Um, I think Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, had a lot of. uh had a lot of um, things that he wanted to do with the country that, in my belief, would have definitely changed for the better dramatically, you know. But, you know, you got a guy like Joe Biden and, you know, he says he's going to do this and that. And hopefully he does, you know, and Kamala Harris and, you know, having a having a, a black woman in office. Um, I know that she's, you know, probably half or something like that, but. You know, she still identifies as a black woman and um, hopefully she can hold Biden accountable in, in their in their in their council and everything like that. And, you know, if she's if she's real, you know, what I'm saying so um, other things. Oh, I'm about to say, too. And, and, and let's talk about Barack Obama's three pointer. He hit right right before the election, right before the election day. I'm sorry. He hit that three-pointer and it went viral. And he said, that's what I do. And I can't lie, that three-pointer, that form was cleaner than mine. I wouldn't really want to have to guard Obama in a five-on-five like that, you know? I mean, one-on-one, I mean, I could probably take him. I know he's in his 50s, but, you know, I'm solid solid on D, but in the five on five, you know, he, he could be running off screens and it looks like he's a knockdown shooter from behind the arc. 
I ain't gonna lie. I was impressed. Now, should being able to knock down a three mean that <laughs> you have influence on who people vote for? You know, it shouldn't, but it does, all right? I mean, those kind of things, they attract attention, and, you know, then you start looking into what he's involved in and who's involved with him and so on and so forth. So, like I said, I think the Joe Biden win is 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 kind of like a continuation from Barack Obama's presidency and, you know, having Kamala Harris there, you know, it, it helps it helps the narrative that we're trying to change in this country and this presidency is is trying to make the changes. Rather than making America great again, which is a fallacy, America was never great for minorities, especially black people. Let's make America great for the first time. All right. Let's let's improve on America. You know, this the greatest country in the world. And let's improve on what we have started. I believe. Since um, Barack Obama's presidency, you know, and, you know, honestly, like we I don't I don't I'm not a Trump hater, you know, I don't hate Trump. You know, um, I think he's done some things, uh, some decent things, you know, um, with the pardons of several, several uh, black inmates um, that Kim Kardashian West help uh, bring attention to the president, you know, um, and maybe those things were done to kind of redirect uh negative negative uh talks about him, you know. I mean cuz at the end of the day is that was 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 prison reform done on a mass level? No. Uh it was only done for a select few, but I mean, we got to appreciate some things, you know, and and I'm not saying that it's kind of like we shouldn't really give too much credit to people who are only writing wrongs. When people are wrongly, falsely imprisoned, we shouldn't pat the president on the back because he pardoned them when they shouldn't have been there in the first place, right? But unfortunately, in this country, there's so much wickedness and, and corruption for hundreds of years, especially towards the black community and, and minorities communities that <laughs> it's like we almost give people the pat on the back just for for really enforcing real justice, you know, just for 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 real justice. That's just, you know, I don't know. Anyways, Barack Obama hit that three pointer and I was impressed by his game. So um, also some stuff that happened in, in since our last podcast in episode one you know uh the ps5 came out playstation 5 uh in the past few years um six years since playstation 4 and xbox one i've been an xbox guy because i play madden with a couple well you're not a couple but a league of friends and franchise mode and and you know i i want to i want to be able to talk smack i want to i want to be able to i want to be able to compete against competitors 
who are good at Madden and and that was a community of people I associated with in Madden. They they you know they use the Xbox, and so we all we all got the Xbox, you know. And but before that, I was a Sony guy, you know, PlayStation. That just sounds to me it sounds smooth. PlayStation, Sony, Sony always seemed like a smooth brand to me, you know. Microsoft always seemed a little Microsoft, you know. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be known as Microsoft, <laughs> PlayStation. You feel me? Sony. Microsoft. That don't that don't sound right. Microsoft. <laughs> I don't think no man wants to be Microsoft. Right? At least be large soft. <laughs> oh, micro steel. Not no Microsoft. <laughs> Anyways, um, but you know, the Xbox, you know, the community of people I was playing Madden with. They all they all went that Xbox route, so it becomes mob mentality, tribalism. You know, group of people are doing it, and it's like you know you want to be left out and not have a community of people to play Madden with, or you want to go with this community. You know, but going forward, I might subscribe to the PlayStation Five rather than the Xbox Series X. Now, I'm not gonna buy it no time soon. Um. I normally wait a year or two before I buy a, a, a next-gen console because then the price is lower. And honestly, at this point in my life, I can't play that much video games. I, I love video games. They're entertaining, but they're also a waste of time for me. You know, If I was aspiring to be some type of uh, gaming influencer or, or major league gamer, then I would put that time and effort because there is there is a benefit to playing video games financially for sure there's a benefit to playing video games uh psychologically i I think too you know that that split second decision making that you that you do in video games i think that does develop some type of skill uh with your brain capacity now the ps5 is 500 to 800 dollars like i said i'm gonna wait a couple years till that price drops at least 100 150 come on feel me the reason why it's 500 to 800 because there's there's the digital PS5 where you download all your video games digitally and then there's the one where you can do the 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 hard copies and I'm pretty sure download digitally video games also. But like I said, I'm going to wait a couple years. Y'all can buy that now and enjoy it. I'm going to wait till one of y'all come up on some financial crises and you're going to have to resell it to GameStop. <laughs> And then it's going to be a markdown because it was previously owned. That's what I'm going to wait for. All right, I'm going to give me some discounts on this shit. So, uh, some more things that have happened since episode one. Um, DeAndre Hopkins' Hail Mary catch that just happened yesterday on Sunday Night Football. All right, I don't know if it was Sunday Night Football, but it was Sunday Football. All right. Uh Depending on what coast you're in, West Coast, East Coast was the time of the day. I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know. Although, I can say this: that was impressive because you rarely see hell marys be converted for a win, you know. And DeAndre Hopkins, man, he was going up against like three guys. Three guys were around him, and these are all professional athletes. All these dudes got bounce. All these dudes are studs. All these all these guys can catch. All these guys have played receiver most likely at some point in their life. 
But DeAndre Hopkins is just that dude. He's just next level. If you don't pay attention to football, you know. Sorry for this portion right here, but let me let me let me just break it down for for everybody so this can be universal. Imagine in your profession, you are facing devastation, a loss, an L. In your profession, you have a team around you, right? And the ship is sinking. And in last desperations, to save your team from this L, whatever your profession might be, right? Everybody has teams in their profession. Music, sports, business, there's always a team. Doctors, policing, law, there's always a team of people working for the common goal. And in this situation, an L was coming. Devastation, a loss was coming. Your team depended on you to come through and deliver in a last second Hail Mary desperation. They depend on you to make that play, that move. And there's a gang of people going against you singularly at this moment. And you're not even shook. The odds don't even phase you. You're so focused to put the team on your back. And you pull off a miraculous move, catch it, hold on to it. You bring home the W for your whole squad. I don't care what the profession is, man. I don't care what the profession is. That's impressive. Uh, that's a that's a that's that's a testament to your preparation, to your skills, your talent, and and DeAndre Hopkins worth every penny. The Texans fools for trading him. That's all I got to say. Um, now I got to bring this up if we're going to talk about football because I'm a Raider fan. Raiders six and three. We on our way to the playoffs. I'm gonna make that short and sweet, you know. Um, six and three Raiders on our way to the playoffs. Super Bowl contenders, maybe. We'll see. Alrighty. So, um, oh, in sports too, the Lakers. The Lakers uh are thinking about or trying to. Well, I, I mean, it seems like the trade is about to go through. Uh, trying to acquire Dennis Schroeder. I'm also a Laker fan. That's why I speak on this real brief because this is the Extra Crispy Podcast where I talk about what I want to talk about when I don't have guests. Now, I will soon to have guests because I just got my second mic and uh, we'll have some guests on soon. Okay, guys? All right. So, Lakers, Raiders, we the shit. Keep doing it. All right. Some other news that's happened, um, unfortunate news that's happened since episode one of the Extra Crispy Podcast. Um... Rapper from Chicago, King Vaughn, was murdered in Atlanta. Uh, and it's what seems to be almost like a scene out of the Wild West in 2020. Uh, six people were shot. Two people were killed. Very unfortunate. 
Um, uh, honestly, man, I can't, I can't lie. Something deep inside of me really bothers me when I see black on black crime. I mean, it bothers me when I see anybody killing anybody, right? But it just happens to be so often, especially when it comes to rappers and I guess the media putting that in front of our faces, you know, black on black crime and especially with rap artists. I I mean, I don't know why this happens over and over and over every year. And it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. You know, these, these people, they have children. They're somebody's children. They made it out of a situation. They're making money, you know, and I don't know the exact details around King Vaughn's murder. Uh, but I do know that, um, it's very sad and unfortunate and hopefully their souls rest in heaven, you know, hopefully their, their family can find some type of, uh, healing and, 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 and forgiveness for whoever did this. I know forgiveness is something that we all don't like to talk about, you know, human nature is revenge to forgive is the, is the, is the godlike quality. Right. So hopefully, uh, you know, in a bad situation, it's easier said than done, but hopefully there can be some type of healing and positivity that derive from, from this in their family and, and from the, from the, the, the killer's family. You know, I mean, I believe somebody has been arrested and charged uh, with this murder. Oh, don't tell me this person's horn's going to be honking during my podcast. Oh, thank God. Um, So, you know, hopefully with the killer too, his family, because people don't understand. Yeah, you killed somebody, but now you're going to go to life. Now you're going to go to prison for life. Your life is ruined. You did something foolish over what? Over nothing. It's very unfortunate, man. Also, uh, another rapper um, who I knew because he associated himself with uh, Boosie Badass, um, a rapper who was killed in Dallas, Mo3. Another unfortunate situation. Uh, I guess Mo3 had been at a female friend's house and when he left the the resident her residence um some assailants in a in a in a in a car were following him and uh he wasn't sure and he pulled over at a gas station and then it became clear to him he was being followed so he jumped on the freeway i guess there was traffic he tried to go around traffic you know trying to lose these trying to lose the assailants um the people who were who were chasing him. Um, he ended up crashing and getting out of his car, trying to run down the, the freeway when I guess a suspect gave chase and they shot at him, hitting him in hitting Mo three in the back of the head. Uh, also shooting a innocent bystander, um, with non life threatening, a non life threatening injury. But, um, another super unfortunate situation, Another black man killed, most likely by another black man. Uh, most likely. Rather, I should say, we don't know, right? Could have had beef with Mexicans. 
could have beef with some whites. But if the trend of rappers being killed is what is normally, then that's the case. And like I said, it's very unfortunate, man, because these people, man, like who kill one another, who look like one another. It's sad because we can all be getting money. We can all be loving each other. We can all be so many, so many hip hop artists, rappers who could be doing great things have been taken out for so many generations now. And I'm sure that, I mean, I know that this is, this is, this is something that, and this is what people don't understand, right? Because I don't want to put all the blame on my brothers out there, all right? People don't understand this mentality has came from white supremacy. Putting people, oppressing people so that they grow up poverty-stricken, stealing our culture, uh, denying us our culture from from Africa and and having people lost and confused where when somebody makes it out jealousy and envy stirs up in a, in a weak man you know because he hasn't been equipped with the tools to combat the, these things he's been he's been put down so much and 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 some people make it out of being put down and some people don't and that's why nobody can judge nobody only god can judge you know unfortunately though so many, so many black men have been killed by other black men just because of the crab in the barrel mentality and, and who knows what, right? Um, the hood mentality, which is a fallacy and trying to stick to the code and, and death before dishonor, things like that. Not knowing that all this just comes from most, most of the time it just comes from the 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 effects of white supremacy this is how they wanted us to act you know from hundreds of years ago this is the oppression this is the result of the oppression right the ignorance and 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 the violence and stuff like that so uh, that's unfortunate two two rappers killed uh since episode one but um, speaking on hip hop terms, uh, I have a segment today that we're gonna go through. Um, this segment is the top five villains in hip hop. Top five villains in hip hop. So I started a top five list. Top five villains in hip hop. We're gonna start off with number five, Marion Suge Knight. All right. Now, you guys might know him by Suge, right? Big Suge. One of the one of the um, co-founders of Death Row, right? Marion Suge Knight, who's now serving twenty-something years in prison, unfortunately, uh, for for I believe uh, manslaughter, killing killing his friend by accident uh, while being uh, I think chased at the at the NWA production set. Uh, during the movie, uh, Straight Outta Compton, um, and Suge Knight was the boogeyman of hip hop. He was the boogeyman of hip hop for a period of time. A lot of 
rappers who were around at that time speak about kind of his aurora and 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 the fear he tried to place on people, the bullying he tried to place on people from about 89 to 98. He was the boogeyman of hip hop. I mean, there's stories about him hanging out, hanging vanilla ice by his legs outside the window, making him sign over his rights for, for, I believe ice, ice baby. Um, him trying to, um, bully puff daddy and bad boys records. Even before Tupac was a part of death row. Um, him bullying producers, beating up producers that were part of his camp, uh, other people who were part of associated with Death Row. <sighs> There's stories of him getting upset, shooting shooting a gun next to somebody's ear for using a telephone that was supposed to be exclusively for for um, particular people who were who were in. Death Row, I think maybe it was a phone that only should have been used by like Dr. Dre and Suge or something like that. And somebody was on it and he told him to get off of it. And the dude was like, I ain't getting off this phone or whatever. And Suge Knight came back, shot a gun next to his ear. I think he allegedly made him strip or something like that. He done, he done made people get pissed on. There's stories about him getting, making people get pissed on. Stories of, of people getting their ass beat at Death Row. His antics have gotten numerous of people killed you know um he was associated with uh mob pyru and used those kind of, use those use those guys for uh his security and, and 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 his enforcers and unfortunately a lot of them were killed being associated with suge in, in the situations that he put them in as a leader you know um obviously tupac shakur being murdered in Vegas, uh, should play a role in that because, you know, he had sh- he had Tupac out there like he was a soldier, when Tupac should have been treated like the cash cow, and and should have never let, or or never never influenced Tupac to to try to act in the manners that he was in that last year of his life. Um being associated with Ma Piru and you know a lot of these stories and things like that were confirmed and elaborated on by uh uh Ma Piru uh, I don't know if he's ex or considered himself ex member of Ma Piru uh Mob James who you can see on Vlad TV tell his stories and stuff like that about his death row days and and Suge Knight and Tupac and all that so that was number five Suge Knight was an, is the number five villain in hip hop on my list. Um, I just, I, I, I put him at number five because at the end of the day, he did do a lot of good things for hip hop. He was, he, he was a part of a, of a legendary record label who could have probably been the biggest record hip hop record label of all time. Suge Knight probably could have been the first hip hop billionaire, you know? Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he was a captain of a ship that led his ship to wreck. Now, number four on the list, the number four villain in hip hop on my list, Eric Holder, AKA Shitty Cub. He's known for, he's infamous for the assassination of Nipsey Hussle 
on March 31st, 2019. Eric Holder, aka Shitty Cuh, assassinated Nipsey Hussle, shooting him around 10 times. Um, I guess the story goes that there was a snitch jacket put on Eric Holder, meaning that he had told on somebody to reduce his sentencing or or get out of a legal situation himself and you know uh Nipsey and and Shitty Cub both being from Rolling 60s Crip uh Nipsey um sticking to the code just you know pretty much said I can't associate myself with you you know this is as I've heard the story go you know and which is understandable because if a man's a snitch and you're around people who who subscribe to a code where you know if you if you if you're a part of this thing if you do the crime if you do the crime you got to do the time you know don't be trying to get out of it by snitching on on your counterpart you know like you know there's there's honor to this thing you know like um, honor honor amongst um honor amongst criminals you know thieves um not all of them not every single person who's a part of rolling 60s is a criminal or a thief i'm saying but you know the people who were charged and he told on you know obviously got obviously gave the gave the, the police what they needed to to uh convict these people and you know you shouldn't really you shouldn't really tell on your people if they're doing wrong you know depends on what it is too i mean you guys really handle that internally i believe for sure you know i mean at the end of the day the police system is 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 a is a white supremacist structure you know I mean, look at look at who's in prison. But Nipsey, you know, just told him, "I can't be around you. You can't you can't come around me. You got the snitch jacket on you. Get that cleared up." And I don't know. It struck a chord in in Shitty Cub, and he went, grabbed a gun from the car that he that he got a ride in, came back. Nipsey didn't have his security with him that day. He was at his shopping center. Um in LA and uh, that he owned, you know, trying to uplift the community, trying to trying to trying to have black ownership in his community. And Shadika came back and and killed him, you know, shot him shot him multiple up to 10 times, you know. Came back, kicked him, shot him again, you know, a very a man full of of hatred, jealousy, you know. That's the that's the obviousness, right? He had to be jealous, you know, and and for that reason, taking out somebody who was was going to be so promising for the black community, who had a lot more things to do for the black community, a lot more things to do for people, a lot more things to do for hip hop, was making great content for hip hop. You know, his debut studio album, Victory Lap, was, I think, Grammy worthy. It was it's a great album in uh, in Chitty Cut wiped them out you know for nothing for nothing 
this is somebody who who changed the trajectory of hip-hop changed the trajectory of of the black community and that's why i have him as the number four villain in hip-hop now number three the number three villain in hip-hop i have on my list jerry heller jerry heller was the manager of Easy E and NWA back in the eighties, and um, he pretty much single-handedly. Well, I don't want to say single-handedly, but he influenced Easy E, I believe, financially, and that didn't sit right with other members of NWA. They felt that they were due more of the portion of the money. And and Jerry Heller, you know, kind of manipulated the whole situation, leading Ice Cube to leave the group first uh, in 89. Um, I think Cube only received like $32,000 in royalties at that time from the records that they sold with NWA and he had wrote majority of the stuff and they had sold millions of albums should result to millions of dollars right <laughs> even Dr. Dre was being scammed I mean I think in 92 they said that he made like $89,000 off of the records he sold with NWA and this guy was the producer the hit maker and eventually, Easy E realized that Jerry Heller was stealing money from the company Ruthless Records that they had together, and was swiping millions of dollars that probably were due, probably were that money that was due to Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Easy E, Yella, MC Ren, you know, but instead. This man pocketed it for himself and kind of kept the a veil over Eazy-E's eyes for a long time, you know. And one of Eazy-E's artists speaks on this, uh, BG Knockout. Um, and he talks about where Eazy-E shows him documents that prove that Jerry Heller was stealing millions of dollars from Ruthless Records. And that's why I have Jerry Heller at number three because if you think about the trajectory if you think about the importance to hip hop NWA had and for him to kind of destroy the super group with the, the, the negative influence, the, the splitting of brothers, you know, that he had on easy. E. I mean, I'm sure that there's other managers who have done this to rap groups, done this to hip hop artists, stealing money from them. And, Jerry Heller is kind of just the the staple for it, you know. He's kind of the uh, he's kind of the uh, icon. I mean, not the icon. He's kind of the how can I say? I'm sure you guys listening to the podcast are thinking of the word, you know. But he 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 fits the perfect image for it, right? For that, he might be the person who really created the stigma, you know. For you know, I'm not being and I'm not being anti-Semitic. I'm just being. I'm just speaking what the what the the narrative is sometimes, you know, the Jewish 
manager or the Jewish agent, you know, taking money from the black artist that, you know, the black artist doesn't have such doesn't have the education on 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 the business side of hip hop and, and, and they get taken for for their money. And, and Jerry Heller fits that. He's like the he's like the staple of it. You know, he's like the dang, I can't I just wish I had the word, but you guys get it anyway. That's why he's number three on my list. All right. Number two, Donald Trump. Number two villain, hip hop. Number two villain in hip hop, I believe, is Donald Trump. He's the 45th president of the United States. Um, at one point, he was admired by hip hop. You know, you could hear songs, people referencing Donald Trump, you know, and metaphors trying to speak on trying to trying to trying to speak on their money and and their mentality being like Trump's because Trump was known as a businessman you know Trump associated himself with people in hip hop and and black people um often seen at parties with you know Puffy and had Snoop Dogg on his roast and everything like that and I'm sure he knew these guys decently but uh, things changed when Trump decided to start his president, his 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 um, campaign to become president. And honestly, they kind of started changing first when Barack Obama got elected. You know, Trump always trying to discredit Obama and uh, speak speak ill about him, trying to trying to um, drag his name through the mud and. I think that that started the the dislike for Trump in the black community, in the hip-hop community. And then he just doubled down, you know? He just continued to double down. Um, speaking negatively about Hispanic immigrants and and speaking negatively about black and Hispanic countries, referring them as shithole countries, not assisting Puerto Rico during the hurricane maria crisis not assisting puerto rico as much as as we should you know because they're a territory of 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 america you know and they and they were going through some hard times and i'm sure they're still going through some hard times you know that was only three years ago in 2017 uh not denouncing white supremacy on many occasions that he had the chance to not supporting the Black Lives Matter movement and in 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 the protest for the protest against police brutality. And you know, you've 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 heard it in the iconic song by YG and Nipsey Hussle, uh fuck Donald Trump, you know. And I think that's the the, the I think that sums up the narrative to how hip hop feels sums up the vibe hip hop feels about Donald Trump and a lot of people in entertainment and 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 on the left side of politics, you know. Uh but because of who he is and how powerful he is, that's why I have him as the number 2 villain in hip hop. You know, there's people who co-sign him in hip hop, you know, who still speak speak kindly of him and stuff like that but most of hip-hop uh 
doesn't ride with Trump. And that's why he's the number two villain on my list here. The number one villain in hip hop that I have on my list is Takashi 69. Now I'm gonna come out plain simple while I have him on the number as number one. Plain and simple while I have him as number one. Literally almost nobody co-signs this guy in hip hop anymore. Now Takashi 69 was arrested and indicted on charges in 2018, along with members of the Nine Trey Bloods, uh, a blood gang out of New York. Uh, such charges as racketeering, extortion, conspiracy to commit murder, drug distribution, and robbery, right? And there is solid evidence that 6ix9ine was a part of this. Now, rather than 6ix9ine staying true to his street mentality that he claimed to have had, and, 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 you know, his thoroughness that he claimed to have had in him being a real, a real gangster, you know, instead he snitched real quick, real quick facing a, a long prison stint. He snitched quick. He snitched a lot. He told a lot. He probably even told on things that weren't even about his situation. And, you know, the the judicial system rewarded him. You know, he destroyed many of black men's lives with his squealing. Many of black families' lives with his squealing. And... You know, were these guys guilty? Maybe a lot of them, yeah. But if you're somebody who they let into the circle and, you know, you want to be a part of the this outlaw team, then you got to live by the code, man. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. These people let you in. And you were pretty much like a you were pretty much like a like a narc, like an undercover cop. You know, that's why there's there's conspiracies that 6ix9ine was working for the feds all along, you know? And it's a conspiracy, but I could see that being true. You know, I don't put nothing past <sighs> these white supremacist organizations like the FBI and stuff like that, you know, and people think, oh, Troy, you're crazy for calling the FBI a white supremacist group. Like who, who, J. Edgar Hoover, that guy was a total freaking white supremacist. He was a total hater. You know, he, he, he was single-handedly the, the engine to hold back black people during the civil rights movement, you know, and who knows how many black people he had killed, right? So many black Panthers, so many people who marched with Dr. King and so many people who were part of the nation of Islam at that time. I mean, I'm sure the FBI killed a lot of them. Under J. Uger's, J. Edgar Hoover's 
command, right? So wouldn't be surprised that the feds would drive a plan like this to insert a mole into the nitrate blood camp. And maybe it is conspiracy. Maybe it was just coincidence, you know, that this kid, he's not a kid, he's a man. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not much of a man, but he's a grown man, you know, and he decided to be a part of this gang and he decided to talk all this shit and hip hop and, and then he, and then he snitches and he gets out and he gets off with a slap on the wrist for all these serious crimes that he was involved in that was at that they, that was clear cut that, that was clear where there was clear cut evidence that he was a part of these crimes. And you know what? Got a slap on the wrist while these people well, while everybody else is doing serious time. And then this guy comes out and he makes songs that kind of show that he he he's not he's not apologetic about it. I mean, he says that they were smashing his girl, his baby mama, and they were trying to kill him and trying to rob him. But this is this is these are the people you you wanted to associate yourself with, you know. I don't know the intricacies of all this. Maybe <laughs> I'm not saying you deserve this. But kind of, right? I mean, look at your antics. Look how you act. We all got one life to live, man. And, and things are based on our choices and, and how we speak and how we speak about people and, and the things we do and stuff like that. And, you know, him him visiting Nipsey Hussle's mural or memorial after he had gotten released, knowing that Nipsey Hussle didn't rock with him even before he had passed away, even before 6ix9ine had got arrested. Because 6ix9ine was doing some clown stuff back then. And, you know, just showing the ultimate disrespect. Just trying to be a troll. Thinking it's all hee-hee funny. And I don't wish no, nothing bad on nobody. But the fact that he acted in these ways is the reason why nobody in hip-hop co-signs this guy. But Nicki Minaj. Which is crazy. And that's why, to me, on my list, he's the number one villain in hip-hop so that concludes my top five villain in hip-hops hip-hop i'll probably do some more top five lists and uh i really don't have much left that i pre-writ subjects on for this podcast today um i've been slacking on my Mackin', baby all right i've been trying to do a lot of different things in my life right now and i'm and i'm juggling you know and I need to become more disciplined so I can get these podcasts out on a scheduled time. You know, I'm trying to release a Monday and Thursday, a Monday podcast where I do one solo, a Thursday podcast where I have a guest, you know, and we all got to work towards completing our goals. And 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 I can't be a person who speaks on discipline and 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 achieving your goals if i don't do it myself you know so that's why i got this podcast out podcast out today because i got to i got to i didn't shave my head right i look a little scruffy roughy you know but we can't make excuses guys you know at the end of the day it's about doing it all right you don't have to be 
you don't have to be at your best every day. But every day, you got to grind. The only days you should be resting is Sunday. The only days you should be resting, only times you should be resting, is when it's time to decompress from the day you've already had. You always need to work. You need to grind. You need to exercise. You need to construct a plan. I mean, I really want to start uh, writing out my my agenda for the week on a calendar. I don't know if people do that out there already, but that's what I want to do. I want to I want to get a calendar and start writing my agenda, my plans for each day, the goals I'm trying to meet, small goals that I'm trying to meet each day, small goals I'm trying to eat each each week, and then write out larger goals that I'm trying to accomplish in life. And um It's just, it's just life is so short and life is so beautiful at the same time that we really got to squeeze out every last bit of juice we can from this thing, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do, uh, to all the people who, to all the people who feel like Troy Douglas can't be around so much anymore, to all the people who feel like I've changed in the past four or five years since my father passed away, since I had children and, and started forming my family. All I got to say is this is the life I want to live. Everything I do is because I want to do it. You know, I don't want to waste time no more drinking and partying, chasing women. I don't want to waste time anymore shooting the shit I wasted I don't want to say wasted but I've used a lot of my life on that already you know and and I'm sure it's made me the man I am today so I don't regret it because now my mentality is the mentality that I want the ambition that I was looking for it was developing and now it's here you know and I'm continuing to develop it Till it's refined until my last days, God willing, as a very, very old man. So we're going to keep rocking with the Extra Crispy Podcast. We're going to speak positivity. We're going to wish one another fortune and love and family and blessings. And then I'm going to wrap it up for episode two of the Extra Crispy Podcast. Thank you guys for listening watching. Peace out.